0: Hey everyone, this is Kyle Klammer here, and this is Zach Welch, and this is the Good Life Bowhunter, the official podcast of the NBA.
1: That it is. Good to be back here, Zach. It's been a been a while since we've recorded one of these. I'm not say I'm sorry about it, just because uh, I think we've had a lot of fun here the past month and a half or so doing some some bow hunting.
0: So, oh yeah, hunting season's in full swing, and Definitely. I'm sure, the NBA members won't be too upset or yeah. blame us for being busy the last few weeks, but... Yeah, they probably haven't had time to listen to us anyways prob- so... <laughs> I, I hope not anyways. I hope they're in the tree stand as well, so... Definitely. Um, well, let's just uh, start things
1: off real quick here with um, just some NBA announcements, news items. going to go ahead with that, Zach?
0: Yeah, so then we... There was an NBA meeting last weekend, and uh, so... I guess the biggest announcement is the the banquet this year will be March 1st and 2nd with the actual banquet being held on on that Saturday, March 2nd. So there'll be an announcement soon of who the speaker will be, some of the seminars and stuff, and if you check the website there'll be a schedule of events for, for that weekend. So don't wait too long to get your tickets or anything because you don't want to put that off to the last minute and I know this year will be a good banquet, so definitely don't want to miss out. You bet, it's always a good time. So if you've never been, or um, yeah, or
1: just kind of you know curious about it, definitely come check it out. It's a lot of fun and um, a lot of good people there, obviously. Um, but uh, it's just just a great time to um, hang out with fellow NBA members. So
0: for sure, I think I even heard this year rumor that in in order to get some more mounts up on the trophy wall if you bring if you bring a mount you get an entry into maybe win some prizes and stuff not sure the details on it so if you got a mount that you want to bring from this year or the year before put it up on the wall so if you want to bring it you've got a chance at winning something so
1: yeah that is that's a great great point zach and a good topic that was one thing uh you know, I remember last year. I mean, there was a fair number, but not, yeah, not know.
0: not nearly what it was in the years past.
1: Oh no, and not. I mean, it seems like probably maybe ten years ago there was. Oh, it was unbelievable. Ton yeah. of There was there. hardly room to even put it's, them all up. It was incredible. So yeah, so hopefully we can get it back to yeah. what it used to be. Definitely, yeah. So I just encourage anybody listening. Yeah, if you if you have a mount, I know it's kind of a pain to bring it and you know, but, uh, definitely worth it. And I think people really enjoy that. That's one of my favorite things. So
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So
1: good. Um, very good. Well, I think then we'll just jump right into our, our next segment here. We're going to talk about the, or which is our, I guess, trophy wall segment. So this is the segment where we talk about, uh, during every episode, some, um, hunts from fellow NBA members and, um, didn't, uh, get anybody recorded for this one. So Zach and I are just going to ramble for a while, I think so. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I think uh, Zach was going to touch on, um, I think his, I don't think we'd ever talked about your, your second buck that he shot this year. No. Um, but uh, you want to just tell us about that? Go right ahead. But
0: Yeah. So it was the third week of September and I went home and actually spent that whole morning walking hills. And the first week of the season, I had kind of a run in with this I mean, it was the biggest mule I've had a chance at in my life. I mean, he just had stickers and stuff all over the place. And I went out trying to find him, and I don't know how many miles I walked that morning. Uh, found some antelope, didn't find any deer. <laughs> and I'm going, I'm just getting ready to go back to town. I was going to make it to town in time to watch the Husker game, hopefully, mm-hmm. and then maybe go back out in the evening. And I, I run into him. He's like, he was just bedded in the wide open. It's like. I seriously must have just, like, went right by him, and he's bedded with another nice buck, and I decided I was going to shoot either one if I got the chance. And so I circled around, kind of got in position, and I came up over the hill, and they weren't there, and and uh, they ended up going into a blowout. And to make a long story short, I, I was stupid. I rushed it and ended up blowing them out of there. Um, two really nice bucks, and so I left thinking you know okay i've seen them twice and they didn't spook too bad out of there so i knew that if i went back in a couple weeks they'd probably still be there and i had my mind dead set on i wanted to put my second tag mm-hmm. on a muley and that's even what i told my dad i, I told him what happened and i'm just like i'm either gonna kill one of those muleys or it's gonna have to be a really big white tail yeah one of those two and So I I was actually going to go back out that evening and looking for some muleys in a different area. Yeah. And my dad talked me into sitting in, in one of our tree stands. (laughs)
1: Apologize for the dog noises. (laughs) Go ahead, Zach. Sorry. I
0: think they're done now. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) But anyways, my dad talked me into getting into the tree stand that night. One, my sister was going to be hunting in and, uh, Like I said, I had my mind set on a muley, and this tree I was going into, there were some decent bucks going by and there was one five by four that was a respectable buck, you know, a mature buck. And he's like, well, I bet if he came by, you would probably shoot. And I'm just like, uh, I don't, I don't know. You know, and it's always hard telling in trail camera pictures what they were. It's like, I'll decide if he comes in. And I still went to the stand thinking, okay, I'm, I'm not shooting because I, it's going to have to either be enormous or, or, you know a muley like i said yeah and the stand i was sitting in was actually the stand i killed my first deer out of really yep and it was the night of the nebraska illinois game and it was just a beautiful evening and i saw the most deer i've ever seen out of that stand in one hunt Jeez. and there were does just coming in all over the place and all of a sudden all the does get all like hesitant they're feeding in the rye in front of me mm-hmm. and they they get all hesitant and a few of them start spooking and out of the corner of my eye, I catch movement, I look over and it was that buck, that five by four, and just immediately I knew, I'm just like, all right, I'm going to shoot him. Like, this is too perfect. And he hopped the fence, Doe scattered in every direction, and he stepped out at 15 and I drew and I shot and I, I thought it looked good. And and uh, he goes out there in the rye and he's just standing there just flicking his tail. I'm just like, I swear that shot was right where I wanted it mm-hmm. and he's flicking his tail and so I knock another arrow and I pull back and and he kind of he's like qu- quartering away from me and I shoot and I hit him like right behind the shoulder and he just bolts off into the trees and I mean went crashing through there and all heck broke loose and then it just went silent and I so I climbed down went back to the cabin, and my dad was watching the game and I think Nebraska was getting beat at the time and you know my dad's in a bad mood. He, <laughs> I, I come in, he's like, "Did you see anything?" And I, I held up my bow, and there was a bloody arrow in my quiver, and he thought I shot a coyote or something. Couldn't yeah. believe that the five by four that he was showing me pictures of actually showed up because <laughs> it was so inconsistent. Yeah. So, anyways, he's like, "Well, we'll watch until halftime, and and you know go look." And to be honest, I could I could have cared less about the Husker game at that point. I yeah. didn't I don't even think I watched. It. I was looking at my arrow, you know smelling it and everything because like i said the shot looked perfect and mm-hmm. and you know i had no idea what happened and so we went we started trailing there's a few specks of blood and we we weren't finding anything and he started cutting uphill my dad's like all right i'll follow the trail to the left you go to the right and kind of stay along this cut see mm-hmm. if you can find any blood And i'm going along with my flashlight not finding anything i mean not a speck not a track my, I see my dad coming down the hill with his light, and I was like, I was going to tell him that we should back out and just come out in the morning. You know, I thought it was a good shot, but just to play it safe, we better come back. Mm-hmm. And he comes down and he goes, are you finding anything? I was like, no, I I can't find a speck, a track, nothing. He's like, gosh, dang it. And I, I was just about to say, all right, let's just come back in the morning. He slaps me on the shoulder and goes, he's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and he had found him up there. I mean, he, went, he still went, I bet, 120 yards and... Nice. shot was just just Jeez. a little back caught the back of the lungs through the diaphragm the so. first one the first one gotcha. Yeah. gotcha the second one buried in his shoulder so gotcha but yeah it, it was it was a good hunt and like i said the conditions i mean it's just a beautiful evening It was the stand i took my first deer out of and mm-hmm. it was just too perfect not to shoot him so yeah no that's that's yeah.
1: fantastic that's a that's a great, uh, just a talking point. You know, we're going to talk about, uh, well, blood trailings are kind of our informative segment for this week. We'll get to that in a little bit. But that's an g- excellent point that you made just about, you know, if you have that deer and uh, you have a, a chance to shoot them again. Oh, always, absolutely. always, if, always, always. <laughs> if, if you have a shot I mean, to, yeah. to,
0: to get another one in the animal yeah. and they're standing there still, I mean... It was a little bit further of a shot, too. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, 50 yeah. some yards, and which yeah. I'm comfortable out sure. that range. But I'm always, if the animals stand in there and I have a chance to shoot, I always will. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think
1: it's just, and I think, yeah, I mean, you know, you I feel like you kind of owe it to the animal, too, especially if you hit them, you know, just that oh, to try to make it as quick and, and clean as possible. And if another arrow means that, then fine, you yep, know.
0: Yep, exactly. Even if you so. smoke them, I've seen them stand there, yeah. you know, run out there 20 sure. yards. It's like, keep flinging until they're For down. For sure,
1: definitely. Yep. But anyhow, no, that was great. That was a nice buck, too. Yeah, was I was deer. tickled with him. So. Great deer, so. So yeah, so Zach was done, you know, within about three weeks of the start of the season, but which was a good thing because after
0: that, <laughs> yeah, man, the schoolwork piled oh, on, and I don't know how how many more times I would have been able to get out there, but yeah, but no.
1: no, I'm glad you had you had some great hunts, and that was that was perfect for you because I know you've been busy with with oh, PT yeah. school and all that stuff. Ended so. up
0: working out great, so definitely.
1: Good, yeah, and then I I finally had my time to shine. So that oh, was good. I know you you
0: made quick work <laughs> of it too. The yeah, time you took.
1: Jeez, that was that was fun. I I took a week in, uh, about a week and two days off or so. Yeah, and went back home and because I just oh man, I just absolutely love hunting. This time of year. Like, I mean, early November There's is just about it. Okay. Just my favorite, favorite, favorite time. Um, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. You just like anything
0: can show oh, up, man. And yeah. it just
1: like, you know, you just have crazy mornings. I mean, first morning I sat like, I mean, I think I counted like at least a dozen different books. I mean, you know, some of them were little dinky things, but a couple of them were real nice. Yeah. And, um and so you know it's just like those are just really fun mornings when you get out and i mean there's just deer moving everywhere like just doing just non-stop action it's crazy yeah just crazy crazy so
0: yeah killed
1: um but anyhow but yeah and then uh so yeah the the i think it was i'd hunted a couple days pretty hard dad and i had been i mean sitting you know eight to ten hours a day easily you know and um, usually we'd just go out, sit till like noon, and then and then we'd come back and um, make some lunch, and then head head back out. Basically like an hour later, you know, and just go sit the rest of the day. But but yeah, I think it was you know I'd had I hadn't really I hadn't had any shot. Well, I take that back. I had a shot opportunity, like a you know a decent muley, like yeah. maybe like two year old buck. Probably I figured it's a two year old buck, like nice, like he was like a big fork, you know, but just a nice a nice buck but not something that I was interested in shooting because I think it was like the first morning that I saw him but but anyhow I ended up um went and sat a stand that I don't sit very often on our place um and it just because it's kind of in the wide open um and it's just in the tucked in the cedar tree um but there's you know there's there's always some deer that travel but it's not like a hot spot you know like it's not like one of those that you're like, oh man, I'm really going to kill a deer here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, I've, I've had a, I've had a big buck, you know, I almost shot a big buck there one time. And so I'm always like, you know, there's always those stands where you feel like oh, I have a chance for sure. But so anyhow, I'm walking out to this stand and I bump this couple does, a couple of mule deer does and a pretty nice mule deer buck, like on the way to my stand. And I was like, dang it, you know, like, should have went around, like maybe he'd have fed back, and I was like, no, he would have smelled me, so whatever. But anyhow, long story short, I bust these deer, and I get settled in my stand and um, eventually. And um, I don't know, it's probably right about sunset, maybe a little bit before. I look up and I see a couple mule deer does feeding, you know, or heading back towards me, um, kind of towards our our big alfalfa field, which is probably three hundred yards to my south or or so, I guess. Um. Anyhow, so I see him feeding, and, and then right behind him, here comes this buck, and I saw him, and I was like, well, I was like, he's kind of like one of those that, you know, is a nice, he's just a nice buck, you know, like, if he gives me a perfect shot, I'm going to shoot him, and so, anyhow, the does kind of fed up on this ridge off to the east of me, probably about 150 yards, um, and they never actually came down, but it was really strange. I mean, I just figured, well, there he's just, I was like, ah, shoot, you know, he's going to follow the does, and. And I'll be darn, he just, he, uh, all of a sudden I could tell he was coming down the hill. There's like a big draw in between us and he's coming down the hill into this draw. Um, and he stops and he's just watching, 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 kind of looking over. I think he was probably looking for me, like, cause yeah. I think this is the buck that I had scared going in. I think he was probably trying to figure out where I was. Um, I mean, he didn't see me get up in my stand or anything, but he, you know, he heard, uh, or. You know, obviously, I spooked him, and so he was like, maybe wondering if I was still around. But so, anyhow, eventually, he comes across the draw and and walks up. Uh, yeah, he walks up and stands twenty yards broadside. And just so I was like, and then and then looks the other way. And so I was oh, like, man. I was like, well, <laughs> I guess yeah. I guess this is happening. And so I drew back, and I mean, it was just one of those shots where you just like the arrow goes, and you're just. Oh man, it just like was perfect, you know. Like yeah. it just you just, just felt so good, like everything felt good. Um arrows zipped right through him. I mean I could tell like within f- less than five seconds, I mean he takes off less than five seconds his back end was already given out. Like, you uh-huh, know, yeah. it was just like and uh yeah, I mean he ran maybe fifty yards, maybe. Really? And toppled piled up pil- right yeah, there. Toppled She's- over.
0: That's perfect.
1: That's how he yeah. wanted to go yeah. every it was time. just so. I mean, I'm sitting there and and uh, you know watching him fall over. I was like, well, geez, that was pretty. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty awesome. <laughs> and it's ironic too because so anyhow, well, I'll get to this in a second. But so on the way out, I was my dad and I were talking and um, and I was like, man, it's been a long time since I've you know like had a deer like you know I've shot it and then like just like had it die just within it sight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like I feel like it's been a while since I've had that and. And, uh, so anyhow, and then, um, so then just to have it happen was kind of, kind of funny, I guess. But, but then I guess the other part of the story is I get, I get out of my stand and I go down to, I grab my arrow and then I went to grab my, uh, um, my other, I'd shot a practice judo, you know, every time I get up in the stand, just shoot a practice arrow and went down and grabbed that. And I look up and I look back up the hill and I'm like why is dad out of his stand? <laughs> it's like, it's, it's just, it's only sunset. Like it's like prime time, you know? And anyhow. And so he, 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 you know, he does his, we, we, we are, we have like a code whistle, you know, if like, oh, yeah. like a, like a Bob white coil. That's what we usually do. And so he, I hear his whistle and I just stuck my hands up, you know, like thumbs up, you know, like I shot a deer and I pointed over and he's walks down the hill. He's like, Oh, he's right there. But you know, and then he he told me, he's like, Well, I shot one too. I was like, Oh geez, oh, no this is way. awesome. So so we go and and uh we went and got his first, I guess, but um he hadn't actually seen it go down, but it was kinda like as it went out of sight, he could tell like it was starting yeah. to fall. So we walked I mean it was right there where yeah. he had seen it. So that's awesome. So that was pretty cool. We hadn't uh I hadn't I think the last time or I'm sure the last time that we ever, you know Shot both shot a deer on the same night it was the night I killed my very first buck. No like, kidding, very first deer with a bow, very first deer. Period, yeah. So, yeah, oh, that's special. A, yeah, so that was pretty cool. I mean, that was geez, what I don't know 17 years ago, then I guess, or something like oh, that. Man. but So, that's pretty neat. Yeah, that's awesome. That was a really cool, cool hunt and just a great experience. And so, yeah, uh, needless to say, we had. We had plenty of deer meat, but... Oh, uh, yeah.
0: Well, then you shot another one, too. Yeah,
1: jeez. And then yeah, it was four days later. I think it was... No. It was Tuesday. It was, that was Saturday evening. And Tuesday morning I went out because I was waiting for a south wind to hunt this other stand yeah. that I had... I'd put up a new stand because I'd seen a bunch of bucks going by this spot from a different spot that I was sitting. And so I, I thought, I'm going to put a stand up there. I'm going to wait for a south wind. When I get a south wind, I'm going to sit it. So I got a south wind and I'm probably about ten thirty. look up off to the south of me here comes this buck and I knew right away I was like I'm shooting this one and I had actually seen him and I'd had him at about 50 yards um on the Friday before um but I couldn't I, I just didn't feel comfortable he was he was he was walking and it just yeah. it just wasn't a good situation like to be trying to shoot that far and I and I you know I was like, if I try to stop him, then he's going to be alert, and trying to shoot an alert whitetail at fifty yards—that just sounds like a bad idea yeah. for the for that specific scenario. But so anyhow, I decided uh, I'm just going to pass, and so I did. But but yeah, that's how so look at this. And this is the same buck; he's coming right down the trail. And so I'm, tra- I'm sitting there, I'm trying to decide, well, which you know, which side of the stand is he going to come on here? Because he could go on the he could go to the west of me, or he could stay on the east side. Um, eventually, I decide he's going to come on the west side of me. And I didn't realize when I put the stand up, um, because there wasn't any snow on the ground or anything, but there was actually a trail, like, I mean, like four yards from my tree. (laughs) And, and, uh, which is a little close, you know, Um, and, but the the, the main trail that I thought they were mostly going on was about 15 to 20 yards away, you know, and so that's what I had kind of set up for, and then there was, then the, what we call the, uh, the mule trail was to the which is like a two-track road, basically, which they travel that a lot, too, um, which was, and it was just a little bit to the um, east of me, about 20 yards or so. And so I, that's why I kind of positioned myself there. But anyhow, I see his buck coming, and um, I'm thinking, man, he really looks like he's going to come down this close trail. And the closer he gets, then I finally realize, I'm like, he's going to come right here. Like, he's going to be really close. Yeah. <laughs> And so I'm trying to decide, I'm trying to figure out how am I ever going to shoot this thing? Like, I mean, he's facing me right now. He's coming on this trail. He's going to be four yards away from me. I was like, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work. Um, But, and luckily I kind of had my enough wits about me. I sort of just kind of glanced and I, I saw there was a couple oak trees that were probably about, I don't know, 10 inches around and they were kind of staggered. So I kind of had a, if you can picture maybe like a, I don't know fifteen inch area that like he was gonna pass by and he was gonna go behind that, and i he wouldn't be able to see me for that you know that split second or whatever, so I was like, I'm pretty sure my only chance is to just try to draw right then, yeah like really fast um and so he comes you know he so he's walking down the trail I'm like, yep, that's where he's coming right down this trail, and he gets right behind those. Those two trees, and I drew back as quick as I could, he just kept walking never no, even man. never even like no clue didn't didn't even pause for a t- a second, like just um, and then uh yeah, I mean, then I was i mean this thing's like I said, i mean I'm not kidding four yards away yeah and i'm like i mean I was shaking pretty bad, <laughs> I yeah, trying I can to imagine i mean than. I was just trying to keep my composure enough to. To, and I was like, okay, pick a spot, pick a spot. But, like, my legs are, you know, I mean, I was already cold. I mean, it was a yeah. pretty cold morning. You know how you get, like, you get cold and it's then you start it. shaking. Yeah. And then, anyhow, but I, I mean, then I put it right behind his shoulder. I mean, I didn't even stop him because he was so close. Right. It yep. just like, it was like almost, it was almost like shooting instinctively. It was just like, he was so close that it just, I mean, I, I don't even remember. Like, I don't even remember really. Like, I remember, like, picking a spot and, yeah. like, kind of, like, I don't remember like putting my pen on it, you I was know. Say and your I just, whole sight brackets yeah, on him at it that, was, that point. Yeah, it was just like you know, put it. Yeah, I don't know. It just was crazy, but anyhow. So I shoot, and just I mean, just drilled him, and he, you know, takes off, and and it was the same deal. I could tell within, you know, less than five seconds, He's this deer's, this deer's gonna yeah. die within sight, and so he runs down and. I mean, probably ran like 50 yards, like I said, and just, he just stops and then he just kind of like, I could see his like back legs starting to go out and, and he just topples over right there. Oh, that's so awesome. That's pretty cool. But yeah, he's a nice steer. Oh, he's He's a stud whitetail. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool buck. I And just to like, I don't know, it, it was just really satisfying because, you know, I mean, you know how many times, like, I don't know, like, I don't know how many times like I've See, oh man, they're, you know they're all moving over there. You know, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna move my stand over there. You know, yeah. and so you move your stand, over there and then they move. You know, or then you don't see them, or or then they move where you were before. Or, you know, it's just like it's like a game, you know. And but, but it was just really like to to like sit there and the stand that I did for two days and to watch so many bucks come by this spot. I'm like, I gotta put a stand there. Somebody's gonna come by there. And so I did, and then yeah, just to get a shot at him was that was pretty oh yeah pretty cool so absolutely pretty pretty fun I mean geez that was within the matter of four days and then say
0: pretty (laughs) action-packed week
1: yeah and then uh I mean then I had a lot of work to get them all taken care of but we luckily I'd already had the mule deer pretty much taken care of so but then I yeah got the white tail and to top it off I was pretty much sick the entire time I was hunting Uh, I know I remember I talked to you on the phone your your voice
0: sounded like you'd Definitely spent a week in cold yeah. weather. I could tell you weren't feeling too well.
1: but Yeah. No, and that's, you know, it just is, I guess you just got to do what you got to do. Exactly you know? right. It's like, I mean, it's only November 1st through the 15th only comes, you know, once a once year. Once so. a year, yeah. <laughs> just got to make do with get, what you get. Get, get sick
0: but. and suffer through the pain. To, I for guess. For the reward. Yeah. It's always worth it. Yeah. So,
1: anyhow, so it was it was a lot of fun, man. I just... Felt pretty uh pretty blessed to just I mean any time to I mean to shoot one deer and you know in a week's worth of hunting with a bow is you know absolutely it's pretty mm. pretty special to and to shoot two yeah it's just yeah. crazy so anyhow yeah that's awesome so I'm done blabbing now but that was that was that was my my uh my hunting season that was pretty pretty awesome so. oh
0: absolutely
1: but uh, anyhow um. I guess uh, we'll move on to our next segment here, unless you have anything else to add, Zach.
0: Or... I don't think I do.
1: Okay, um, I'm gonna keep talking, I guess, for a minute because I got to um, get over the recipe of the podcast. This is a recipe that I've made several times now, um, and is makes excellent, excellent chili. And I know everyone has their own chili recipe, and that's fine. And but I'm just telling you, give this one a try sometime because I'm telling you, it is really, really good. Um, and i mean i yeah i it's like one of those that you you look forward to having leftovers of you know what i mean like cuz it just like it's just so good but anyhow, um so i'll just run through it real quick here um and if you need a pen and paper um handy um go ahead and do that or you can rewind and 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 record it but anyhow, um so for the venison chili so you're going to 1 to 2 pounds of ground venison i use a chorizo that that we make um but you can just use regular ground venison too, that's fine. Two onions diced, a green pepper diced, jalapeno finely chopped, two cans of Rotel, like the 10 ounce cans of Rotel, two cans of tomato sauce, and then two cans of whatever beans you want. I usually use like kidney beans and black beans. And then I think this is kind of the key with this recipe is this the spices. Um, there's two tablespoons of cumin. There's two tablespoons of chili powder. And then one teaspoon salt, half a teaspoon of cayenne pepper, half a teaspoon of paprika, and then uh, then just kind of add water as as you, for whatever kind of thickness you want. It calls for a cup of water, but I don't ever really follow that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, essentially, you know, brown the ven brown the venison first, um, then remove that, do the onions, green pepper, jalapeno, um, get those nice and soft and then add the other stuff in there um stir it all up let it simmer for you know a couple hours or so but so it makes good makes really good chili anyhow and then I always put you know you can sour cream cheese green onion all that the typical chili toppings I guess but anyhow it's good oh yeah good always stuff, especially
0: so. with cold weather coming up oh, always man. good
1: to have chili yeah for sure especially like hunting camp you know if you you know make up a bunch of chili beforehand just right. like you and know, like
0: you said then you just have it throughout the week exactly. have leftovers yep yeah yep exactly. can't go wrong pretty simple too
1: for sure so but uh but yeah so give that a try um and uh it's good stuff but you know. so zach move us on here to our next segment
0: yeah, so uh, before we start in to our to our main topic here, we'll talk a little bit about blood trailing, and uh, a lot of these are just, you know, obvious stuff, but I uh, thought we'd touch up on it since it's the middle of deer season, and yeah. it's fresh in our minds. Definitely. And uh, so I guess we'll start out by by uh, saying the first thing you need to do is watch the deer when you shoot it. You know, its body language is, is going to tell you everything. Definitely. You know, if it... If it kicks when it when you shoot it, obviously you know it's he probably smoked it and and uh you know you watch the deer's body language if he's hunched up, if he goes out there, and like we talked about earlier, mine was flicking his tail, you yep. know kind of hunched up out there, it's probably telling you it's a gut shot, yep. so your first thing is watch the deer, you know if he if he takes off you know bolting through the trees after you shoot him and he jumps and kicks, he probably smoked him yep. and uh yeah, so. The second thing is your arrow examination, mm-hmm. and a lot of this depends if you get a pass through or if it stays in the deer. If it stays in the deer, I mean, you can see, obviously, where it goes through. Um, you know, you've you've probably had it happen. I've had it happen. You watch it go in an inch, stick in the shoulder blade, yeah. stick in bone, you know, that's going to tell you how much penetration you've got, where mm-hmm. at in the body it is. Yep. So that's your second thing, and, you know if you get a pass through sometimes, you know, in low light conditions or you can't see where your arrow hit exactly, you find your arrow, it's going to tell you a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, If there's pink bubbly blood on it, it's what you want to see. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to tell you it's a lung shot and pink bubbly blood might, might not mean, mean lungs. You know, I, if it hits an artery, that arterial blood's oxygenated, yep. you know, I've seen guys hit them in the femoral artery and it looks like it's lung blood on there. So yeah, it, in short, I guess, if it's bright, if it's bubbly, you got a dead deer, I mean, within 100 yards. Mm -hmm. Um, Gut, I think it's pretty obvious. It probably smells horrible. You can't get your nose within a foot of the arrow. There's going to be, you know, green stuff on there. And, uh, you know, liver... Pretty similar. Dark dark blood might smell a little bit. Probably have a little more blood on that one. Typically. Yeah, a little, like little more in, blood versus a gut shot. Yeah, <clears throat> darker blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then muscle. If you get a muscle hit, you know, he you, you might. I mean, I I've seen dark blood on it. I guess it depends. Yeah, you know, I've where. seen so many different.
1: No, I mean, I, yeah, I just I feel like you know, you brisket or, you know, through the back straps, if you hit low or high, I mean, you can, I feel like that arrow can look like so many different things. But, um, the one thing I've for sure find is if you got a lot of fat on your arrow, it seems like that's pretty telltale for this is more likely muscle, yep. muscle brisket.
0: I, I guess the back one back. thing I've always had with muscle hits too is the blood just eventually. Yep. You might have a lot at the beginning and yep. you're thinking it's exactly. good and it'll always peter out. I mean, yep. you might trail them 200 yards, but yep. I mean, the one thing that's consistent with a muscle hit is if it peters out like that and they're not within 200 yards and you know, you got some of that, you can have lighter blood, but most of the time it's darker You probably got a muscle hit. Yeah. But, but yeah, a lot of times with those muscle hits too, I mean, the arrow's probably still in them. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, I mean, like it, like I said, muscle hit can be anywhere on the body too. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. um, So, another thing is, is the amount of time that you wait. And I always, I mean, even if I, you know, know that I drill them, I always like to wait that 20 to 30 minutes before taking it up. Um, just to make sure, you know. Sometimes even if they go down, you know, I you want I, I waited twenty you, minutes for yeah. both of those, and I didn't you, even. You, you know. want to run over there and get your hands on them? It's yeah. just, you, you know, they're yeah. dead. They're going to be dead in twenty minutes if they're dead right away. It's almost so. like
1: a. I don't know. This is getting way too philosophical, but it's almost like just like I feel like I just like to take a moment after it's all happened. Just soak to just, it all in. Yeah, you know, yeah. to just kind of sit there and you know, even like I said, both of those deer I shot. Went down within sight, but I just, I mean, I just sat there. I was like, this is
0: awesome. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Sorry. Take take it all in. Gather your thoughts before taking up the trail. But, but yeah, the liver hit, um, usually give it about six hours. Um, a lot of the times, you know, maybe earlier in the season when it's not getting dark quite as early, you know, leave them till the next morning, but liver hit six hours, they're most likely going to be dead. I if I liver hit one, I like to go back that same night, mm-hmm. just six hours, even if it's two in the morning, because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like taking the chance with coyotes, you yeah. know. But, but, yeah, six hours from when you hit them, you know, this time of year, start trailing them at midnight. I mean, I always like to go in that same night with the liver hit. Gut shot, always overnight. Yes. I mean, at least 12 hours at the very minimum. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I've seen deer get gut shot that are alive 20 hours later. Yeah. Yeah. but.
1: Yeah, nothing. I mean, and obviously, you know, we always. I mean, you hope that you make the perfect shot every time, but this. It, I mean, that's just boa. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah, so. every year
0: too. Yeah. I mean, you'll have. You'll have something happen. Biggest yep. thing is to be persistent too. If you got a terrible blood trail, yep. be persistent and exhaust every last one of your resources. Yep. You know, look under every little every little cedar tree. Everything. Don't quit until you've searched every last possible thing, you yep. know, if you got to get buddies and grid search it. It's what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say, you know, always trust your
1: like initial like thought or reaction. Yep, don't don't try to second it. guess yourself yeah. because like I would say 95% of the time, your initial thought and like feeling towards that shot is what is yep. what it was, you know? Like, yep. if you
0: think it was good, it was
1: good. If yep. you think it was bad, it was probably bad, you know? But you,
0: even deer that I've hit good, I've noticed that, like, right away, it's like, yep, I smoked, and you yep. sit there sometimes, and you start thinking yeah. about it. You walk back to your <laughs> pickup know. to get your light. It's like, gosh, but maybe. Yeah, was maybe? it yeah. lower, higher? Yeah.
1: Was it where I thought? or Yeah, no, it's yeah, just, just it's funny how we do that. Oh, but. I know. It is. But And the other thing I would say, too, sorry, but one more thing, I was just thinking, Zach, because... This um, is sometimes just weird stuff happens, man. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I remember, so this is a crazy story, but I'm, I'm just going to briefly tell it really quick. But um, three years ago, I shot a buck in November and quarter away thought the arrow looked perfect. Like shot, arrow stuck in him. I figured perfect. He's it's through the other side, you know, probably buried in his opposite shoulder Took off, watched him, um, you know, kind of marked where he went into the trees. Um, and then my dad and I, we spent the next, like, I don't know, four or five hours to, um, like, trying to blood trail him. Finally, I mean, eventually, like, we, we ended up finding him, that you know, within about five or six hours. But the, the reason I'm telling the story is because um, when I went to gut him... um that arrow entered no part of his abdomen or his chest cavity. Basically what happened was the broad head deflected off of his rib and went up the side of his rib cage into his, the same shoulder that I, Oh wow! and so the, I think the only, like literally the only thing that saved, like the, the, where I hit was perfect where you would, where you would hit every time, but it, it deflected off the rib. And so, um, Buried in his the shoulder that was on the same side. But I think the only thing that probably saved me was that arrow stayed in him. Yeah. And so every time he took a step, like... Blood was... It was, pun- you know... Yeah. It was, which, I mean, it sounds terrible. But, I mean, it just is what it is, I guess. Exactly. But, so that that's, that was just my point is just, man, just remember, like, you know, give that... If, it, if, if you think that the animal's dead and you, you know, I mean... And, Definitely give it everything that you have. Give it your due diligence, like because weird stuff happens sometimes, and um, I just be persistent, I guess. But anyway, yep,
0: so. exactly. It's like a lot of the things we touched on. You know, a lot of you guys probably know, but you know, yeah. Like like Kyle said, you you made an excellent point when he said don't doubt your first gut feeling. Yeah. You know that's that's the biggest thing, and you know, bringing your buddies to help with the blood trail. Mm-hmm. I mean always nice to have a second set of eyes or a third pair of eyes, but definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely.
1: Um, perfect. Well, I think we're, uh, we're ready for our main event here. We're going to get, uh, we have uh, Jake Downs is going to be on with us this evening. Um, we're going to, we're going to get him on here in just a second. Um, but, uh, give him a call and we'll get right back with you in just one moment here, guys. So, all right guys, so we've got uh we've got Jake on here. Okay, now we're rolling. Okay, sorry, I had a little bit of technical difficulties there, but um so we've got Jake Downs on here for our uh main event here this evening. Um Jake, would you just go ahead and introduce yourself? Just tell us a little bit about uh, about you and yeah, we'll just go from there. So. Sure.
2: here in Nebraska, I live uh, in the, the northwest corner in the panhandle of Nebraska, um, and I'm just, uh, I don't know, I'm a family man, a hunter, and a electrician now and then, so in that order, I guess, but
1: yeah, that's about it, so. Awesome, man, and you're, uh, you're a bow hunter too, right? No. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, pretty much uh,
2: strictly a bow hunter. I like to shoot coyotes yeah, nice. with a gun, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty much a, a bow hunter. Usually I hunt with a stick bow, so
1: yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. It sounds like you had a busy evening this evening.
2: We like to eat deer, and um, we donate deer to people,
3: so it didn't matter. And it was our daughter's first trip, and my wife's seven
2: months pregnant, so
1: congratulations. I kind of little boy's <laughs> first hunting trip. So I told her
2: to shoot it, and he walked by at 15 yards and stopped, and she just smoked him. He didn't, he didn't go very far, so it was it was pretty exciting. For one of the top. I've done a lot of hunting, but that was one of my top uh, hunting trips, right there, with the, having my little girl and my
1: wife shoot the deer. So
2: yeah, absolutely pretty exciting!
0: That's what it's all
1: about. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty. That's pretty awesome, man. Very cool. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think I've ever done that. Uh, I usually
2: shut my stuff down during rifle season. Um, I haven't, I've never even harvested a deer during rifle, I think, with a bow, but
3: now my wife has, so I'll probably have to do that next year. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. <clears throat> um, well, geez, we'll tell her congrats. That's, that's fantastic. Is it? Is she, uh, it was, this wasn't her first deer, Jake, or anything, was it? Right? She's shot deer no, before, yeah. No, she's, she's
2: actually, I mean, um... She
1: shot probably, oh, I don't even know, probably seven or eight deer. Oh, okay, so she's a, she's an experienced hunter. Yeah, yeah. And actually, this year she's done really well. She's, I think this was like her fifth or sixth animal wow. um, this year. So she's awesome, and she's like a yeah, like I said, she's
3: seven months pregnant. So <laughs> oh, good for her. Yeah. Yeah, that's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's she's an animal. But. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> um, well, I think, uh, we just, we're going to kind of run through a few, few topics with you, Jake, we'll just kind of mention something and sort of, I don't know, just kinda let you really run with it. it. So, um, I don't know, Zach, do you want to start us
0: off with, with something there? Go ahead. Yeah, I guess you mentioned you're a trad hunter. I, I, yeah. I guess that's, you know, what you're known for. Um, when, when did you make the switch to traditional? Do you know, did you start out traditional? Do you still do compound? you know tell us a little bit about that i guess yeah sure um well
2: i'm kind of funny it's uh, my story um you know i started out like everybody when i was a kid my dad had an old bear recurve um and i shot that a little bit um shot my first deer with a compound without sights um just fingers and instinctive shooting but with a compound that's how my dad always hunted, so, that's how I started, and then, uh, when I was, I don't remember, I was probably like 16, I shot, uh, bought a point recurve,
3: and shot that for a while, and then, it got hard, like it always does
2: for, yeah, everybody in the, the trad life, you know, so, I didn't give it up, but I bought a compound in sights, and shot a little bit with that, and, and then, uh, just never was, um, uh, not that i wasn't excited about it but i kind of just that instinctive shooting was always kind of my thing so um i ended up going back to to a recurve and i shot a deer um with that it's i don't remember when i shot that deer i was probably like 18 years old or something i can't remember but um ever since then i've just been hooked um but i still it's funny i'm kind of opposite of some guys you know like my buddy aaron he he uh um you know he's a master with the compound and so it's it's kind of like uh, uh he doesn't really want to dabble in it anymore because he's kind of outmastered mastered it but for me i'm i'm old. like i'm not that good of a shot with a compound i mean i i just picked one uh picked up a hinge release the other day and was messing with it which i really liked and yeah, it's just fun um but i do dabble in compounds but most of my hunting i do at the recurve just because i feel more I honestly feel more confident with it in my hands um, in a lot of situations, but obviously um, that's just because I'm not that great of a shot with a compound yet. But uh, that's kind of my story. I kind of I'm a little opposite of most guys. Most guys start with the compound and move over. I'm kind of backwards. I'm kind of I switch back and forth now and then just just for fun. And it's kind of like my rifle. You know, I pick it up here and there just to get a little
0: different feel a little different hunting techniques yeah that's interesting like you said you, a lot of other guys you know are kind of opposite kind of like your buddy aaron who have mastered compound and you know gone to traditional for a little bit more of a challenge where you're more comfortable with your trad- traditional you know you don't hear that very often yeah i've uh i i can relate to you though jake because
1: i i kind of started in a pretty similar path that you did sounds like i I my first deer was with an old Jennings compound with uh shot fingers instinctive no sights or anything and then I actually I hunted with a, I hunted with a longbow for a couple years and I hunted with a reek or an old bear takedown for a couple years and um, but anyhow I I I eventually switched to a compound just I don't know why I just I just I feel more comfortable I'm sort of the opposite of you I guess I feel way more confident with the compound than than i ever did with my recurve but um or any any <clears throat> traditional bow for that matter but my dad still hunts with the bear takedown so he's done that since i mean since i could i mean since i was before i was born i guess but anyhow so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but well yeah and don't get me wrong like
3: uh if i'm standing at 40 yards yeah <laughs> give, give
1: me my compound oh, sure be sure yeah That's awesome. It, wow. it, it's, That's it's more for me the way I've, I've, I've learned
2: to hunt. Um, I like to get close. Uh, even at the compound, I've only shot one animal
1: past 35 yards <laughs> with the compound. Yeah. Um, even
2: my Ibex in New Mexico, I shot that at like 28 yards with mm-hmm. my compound. Uh, I just, I like to be close. That's my of hunting and,
1: and when you're close I honestly think the recurve gives you an advantage. Um, yeah, you know you could
2: makes sense it draws smoother,
1: quieter, you mm-hmm. can half draw. So that's I guess what I'm saying as far as being confident at the sure. way that I hunt it just it it makes more
3: uh, it's just um, a little more conducive to the way I hunt, but yeah it, as far as, you know, forty and in, even
2: fifty and in with the compound, it, you know
1: give me a compound until you hit 30 at least. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I, I hear you. And I mean, obviously everybody's going to be, you know, going to be different and, and how they feel about that and everything. But, um, that was just, I was, I was just listening to you talk there. That was just some thoughts that I had in my head, I guess. But anyhow, so. Yeah, that's cool, man. I
2: don't, I haven't met too many people. Um, that was kind of the old school way of doing things. Uh, you (laughs) know, fingers and no, no sights And, um, not too many people still do that, you know. I mean, it's a, it's pretty rare to run into somebody. They're either shooting a stick or they're shooting a compound with all the
1: bells and whistles. So, um, yeah. But that was just how my dad always did it, and uh, it, it's a good way to do it. I mean, yeah, yeah. And and don't get me wrong, I have sights on mine now too. That's, <laughs> but the my yeah, very had, first uh, my very first deer yeah. was with with. Uh, just, a, like I said, an old Jennings cool. compound that shot with fingers and, I don't yeah, it was, anyhow, but uh, we, I digress, but that's, uh, <laughs> so, but uh, anyhow, um, yeah, so that's, well, that's awesome. I, I know you, you touched on uh, uh, your buddy, um, <laughs> Aaron Snyder, a little bit there. Um, you guys do quite a bit of hunts together, and um, and you're—I mean, how did you get to know Aaron? And and what? Uh, t- tell me about that. I guess a little bit, or tell us about that. Sure. Um, well, I actually
2: met Aaron. Uh, man, it's been a long time ago. Um, I've been a Kafaro guy. Uh, bought my first Kafaro pack. Man, I honestly don't even remember. It's probably been maybe six, seven years. I don't know. Six or it was right after he started and just started hanging out with Gritty Bowman. Um, I had heard, heard a couple podcasts. Um, I really wasn't that big a fan of the Gritty Bowman, but I liked Aaron. He he seemed pretty knowledgeable, and I just happened to go in. Uh, me and my wife were in uh, Denver one day, just hanging out, and I was like, I just want to go to cafeterias and, and look around. And I didn't wasn't didn't have any anticipation to meet Aaron or anything.
3: I just wanted to go see what it was like. Went in there and was talking to one of the salesperson or people, and and uh, um, lo and behold, Aaron come down the stairs, and he's like, "Oh, I'll, I'll
2: you know talk to him or whatever." And I, you know, I didn't ask or nothing to see him, and he
1: just came down, and we just bullshitted for a while. Like oh, I should have said that. No, you're know? fine. It's off. all right. No worries. <laughs> um, yeah, my I got a potty mouth. Anyway, <laughs> um, he came down, and we kind of
3: talked for a bit, and. And uh, um, he ended up selling me a pack that I didn't need, <laughs> actually.
2: <laughs> um, I just, I couldn't say no after I talked to him about this pack for 45 minutes and wasted his time. I was like, yeah, sell it to me. Even though I already had the one I wanted, I ended up selling that pack to my buddy, which he still uses, so it worked out. But,
3: uh, so anyway, <laughs> we didn't really, I mean, he followed me on Instagram or Facebook or whatever for a
2: while, we kind of followed each other and. And then, uh, oh, about a year ago, yeah, he, we'd message every now and then, and you know, about Kafar stuff, and a while back, he just messaged me and asked me to be on the podcast, and I was on, and, and uh, we got to talking, and then we started kind of just phone, you know, conversations here and there, and it just, we're, we're, we're two of the same mindsets, we're, we, we're a lot alike, um, as far as how we hunt, and um, how much we hunt so um it just worked it just made sense we just kind of got along real well and, um,
1: it's fun to it's fun to hang out with somebody like that that you just really click with and you it, hunt it the is, same and, he's, and you, a, yeah. he's an awesome guy like a lot of people i think he's intimidating or whatever now i mean
2: he kind of is but he uh <laughs> i ain't kidding you i mean i ain't just saying this he's done more for me as far as um, you know giving me stuff inviting me out to his house uh, teaching me about tuning, just uh, stuff that I need. You know, didn't know. I didn't. I've never had a mentor. I mean, honestly, I, I when I my dad was a mentor, but you know, he didn't like tune bows. He just shot deer, and, and I yeah. mean, his <laughs> bow was probably so out of tune. Uh, you know,
3: we just uh, we just hunted. So I learned how to hunt from my dad. Uh, but you know, as far as the the archery mechanics and stuff goes.
2: I learned a lot from Aaron and I, I mean, we just started hanging out a year ago. That's that, that goes to show you, I mean, before I met him, I didn't shoot that, uh,
1: highly of a tune bow. to be honest with you. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, I, <laughs> that's, that's funny that you say, you know, we just went out and shot deer. Cause I mean, I just, I can relate to that for sure too, but anyhow, um, <laughs> um, I guess the next thing, uh, Zach, go ahead. If you had any other,
0: no, if you had some, yeah, I just,
1: there was, uh, we're just, I just want to run through a few of your hunts that you went on this year, Jake, so far. Um, I guess we'll just start with, um, I know you, you were out in Wyoming and, uh, did some antelope hunting and some elk hunting. You want to talk about both of those? Yeah. Um, threw a decent antelope tag. awesome during uh, fall
2: because um you know i'm self-employed and most of my it's awesome for fall but in the summers i'm super busy i don't hardly get weekends off or holidays or basically anything so i don't get a lot of time to scout so i drew a general elk tag and i drew a decent uh wyoming goat tag
3: and uh i ran over i took my wife and little one over to wyoming for a weekend
2: for like a day and i, I mean we were there for like a total of 24 hours and <laughs> had to drive home Jeez. and i did a little bit of hiking and found one little spot where it looked i didn't see a single elk but i saw a decent amount of signs so i felt like since I didn't have enough time to scout, I was just going to kind of put my eggs in one basket and head down there. So, And the same on the goat hunt. I went down a week and a half before season, uh, basically just bonsai down um, and uh, or over there, um, ran around on the four-wheeler a bunch, found, uh, it's, it was pretty dry where I was at, and I only found a few water holes, and, uh, I was in some pretty remote um, country I mean it was it, you know I mean that all that uh
1: That was, a really, that was a really nice antelope. That was great buck. Yeah, it is, a, it is my best buck. Um, I can't remember what he scored. I think he was.
2: I'm not even going to say because I, I don't think we actually. I don't know if I actually scored him. My buddy might have. I gotcha. think he was high 70s. Yeah. I, um, I would have put him around something there. Like that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm. Uh, I mean, I like to shoot big animals. Don't get me wrong, but uh,
3: I kind of black out now and then and shoot other ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh.
2: But uh, yeah, on the elk hunt, I guess um, I actually tried a different area first um, on a suggestion from a friend. Didn't have any luck. Uh, backpacked in a little wet bit for, I just overnighted in the area, didn't find much for sign, never been there, didn't hear any bugling, um, just decided it wasn't going to work, so I just was like, well, I'll go back to that place, at least I know that there was elk there in the rut at some point, because there was some rubs, and so anyway, I went back to where I had scouted, and, and, uh, I spent four days there, um, so I, I, I actually shot my elk on the sixth day, and I was in elk, well, I once I found them, I, I, I kind of just stayed on them, um, I really wasn't uh, backpacking at that time, I was just a day hunting from the road and moving my camp, um, where I was at really wasn't that remote, um, but I found, you know, I found the elk. kind of where it wasn't like I said it wasn't super remote but uh, didn't seem like anybody else was hunting they were all just screwing around so um, ended up uh, let's see that that bull um, what was happening the there what it was is the rut was just getting kicked off the herd was pretty good size and all the raghorns uh, finally, the, there was about a three, oh, probably 320-ish bull, um, herd bull in there, and I just couldn't believe that, you know, and he was screaming, like, constantly screaming, but but all these raghorns were just hanging out with him, and I, I think, you know, nothing had come into heat yet, but on that last day, he, uh, he, I think them cows were starting to to rev up because he was kicking everyone's ass. Oop, that did it again. <laughs> um, anyway, he was running running these raghorns around and uh, um, it just worked out. I, basically what I did is I just um, I was following the herd and I could hear them and uh, the herd bull was moving his cows up and then he'd come back and run these raghorns so I ended up glassing the smaller bulls and just snuck into about, I was probably 100 yards from them and this rock outcropping, and I just was that's one thing I like to do with elk, I'm not much of a caller, I'm, I'm not very good at it that's why I'm not a caller uh, but he uh, uh, I kind of like to just get as close as I can to see if they make a mistake, and that's pretty much what this elk did He, he uh, there was two, two smaller bulls and then a little bit bigger bull up on the hill, and then the, the herd bull. And he ran the little bit bigger bull off, and then these two uh, raghorns that I was by, he come back and saw them, and they kind of seemed like they were between him and his, his harem, so he kind of ran one of them, just smoked him out of there, and this other one come around the rocks and came closer to me, and I just happened, I didn't even know it happened to be honest with you, I kind of just peered around the rock and all of a sudden there was a, a bull like you know, 50 yards from me <laughs> and uh, luckily he ended up just walking up and he walked by me, I had already raised the uh, the
3: farthest rock, and he walked right in front of it, and the farthest rock was 30 yards, so he was about 28 yards, quartering away and I shot, and I hit him about the last little, maybe liver, but it, it, he was quartering hard, and it came out right behind his front shoulder
2: on the far side, so I knew I had liver and at least one lung, which a one lung hit, uh, elk is, can be a, a, bad deal, um, but anyway, he, he pulled out of there, and then stopped, and the worst thing happened, that dang, uh, her came back and saw him, and just started running him. And I was like,
0: oh, no. <laughs> oh, you know, no. The,
3: the
2: red trail was going to be pretty hard to follow. And he ran him up the hill, and then he was just dead silent. Ugh. And uh, luckily, I actually kind of thought I heard, um, not a crash, but just some, some branches breaking, like something walking through the brush, kind of quickly uh, off to, on the other hillside. So I, I just waited a while and headed up there real slow and just glassing, and then I I actually ended up bumping him, but luckily I didn't bump him overly hard, and his buddy wasn't too far away, so he just ran up to the top of the hill and stopped, and that's when I could see uh, the arrow was still hanging out the other side of him, and it was uh, right behind the shoulder, so I thought, well, I'm just going to back out and uh, leave him alone, and uh, he was
0: dead right there the next morning Hmm. awesome yeah man
1: that's (laughs) that's fantastic i'm i'm still waiting for for the the elk hunt here one of these years but i'm that uh, hearing anybody talk about elk hunting just gets me really excited so (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome man
2: tag or whatever tag and I just buy an over-the-counter tag and have it so I'm not much of an elk hunter uh, but I'd like to that was really fun this year going by myself and and,
1: uh, um, it was just a a lot of fun and I learned a lot so I'm pretty hooked on it now were you were you doing some calling Jake or were you just kind of spot and stalk mostly or how are you approaching it
2: of them or trying to make them uh you know when they would feed in the in the uh open spots i would try to get out in front of them in the trees and it almost worked a couple times uh but i really wasn't doing much calling just because i mean he was bugling his head off but he really wasn't you know all the bulls were
3: bugling together and it wasn't like he was ready to come out of his herd to come over and fight somebody so mm-hmm. i guess my um Novice mind, I didn't think
2: calling was the right way to go. But on that last, uh, the day before I killed, um, bull I shot, he, um, let's see, I was shadowing the herd, and he got his cow. That was when he started getting his cows round up. He was kicking everybody out, uh, all the uh, smaller bulls. So he was just with the cows that day, and that's when I felt a little more confident. And I started doing some cow calling. Um, and, uh, I ended up calling two calves back, um, and they come running. I mean, they came all the way back to me. I mean, they came to like 30 yards and i would be honest, I almost shot one and, uh, he, he, uh, he come, I heard him bugling it. It sounded like he was getting closer. So I let him rip the bugle and that really made him mad. And he came out in the opening um, about 45 yards, and he was facing me, and, uh, when he turned, he had a, a tree right right in front of his, um, there was one tree in this opening, and he walked next to it, and then facing me at 45 yards, and then turned and walked right behind it, and, uh, left the bugle, and I was ready to draw hoping he'd just walk out there and he just turned and went back to up in the trees
0: and i never got a shot at him but Ugh. um i can't say i did i did call an elk in when i was there uh he just didn't i just didn't get a shot Oh, so. well, that's awesome It's pretty cool yeah definitely
1: um well yeah congrats on both of those jake that was i mean jeez Two uh two two hunts and, and, and two animals in the great state of Wyoming. That's that's pretty pretty awesome. So um I I heard you mention mule deer. Um I know you uh were doing a little hunting out in the sand hills which is near and dear to, to Zach and I as we both grew up in Ainsworth, so um but uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that hunt? Yeah. Uh...
3: Uh I mean it by pretty good. I mean I think it was like one forty five or one forty three. I mean decent, you know, respectable Nebraska deer. Yeah.
2: i was ready i watched him i saw him uh you know doing that tail tail sign flipping it he was kind of flipping his ears and then he was looking around and I, I was just like all right he's gonna stand up so i was ready even he stood up turned broadside and looked directly away from me and i sent an arrow directly over his
1: back <laughs> and uh We've never done that, so that's interesting, but no. <laughs> I said we've never done that, so no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> uh, uh, I must have missed him so bad. He, hardly, he jumped at the shot and ran over about fifty yards
2: and kinda of looked back at his bed, but he didn't look at me. Um, he was just kind of, he heard something fly over his
0: back and he just couldn't figure
2: out what it was. So he didn't even get scared. And what on, he got up and went, this was a fiasco actually, he went over the hill, <laughs> made a big circle, and came to, and bedded within probably 50 yards of where he had been vetted before. Um, and I just kind of happened to, I just went to where he went over and, and looked for him and didn't see him, but I saw that the draw was going down towards kind of going around. It was just a a knoll that went kind of around. So I just eased to the top of it and ended up catching antler tines moving and uh, crawled up top, and he was, oh, he was probably only, at that point he was probably 25 yards from me, but he was facing directly away from me. And uh, I was going to shoot him there if he would turn, and he didn't he laid back down right there. So I decided the wind was actually in my face. It was blowing directly from him to me. So my thought was I'll go around him and come up the back side of him and it'll be just perfect. And, and he was getting pretty close to the top of the sand uh, embankment.
3: So I thought as long as the wind doesn't change on me, which it does, um, it swirls in the hills. You guys probably know all about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, so
2: I got around
0: on him. The wind was a little sketchy,
2: but it was still—it it was still good enough that it wasn't cutting down to him. It was cutting kind of back towards his his rump and back towards where I had been. So uh, I actually snuck up. Uh, it's sad to even say. I snuck up to about—he was probably like ten or twelve yards—and uh, I just. His body was pretty much covered in that in grass, but I could make out where to shoot him. And I just skip hair right off his back. I just didn't, uh, uh, account for being
3: that close, I guess, you know. My sight was off. I'll use that. That's <laughs> <laughs> perfect off uh, yeah. worked <laughs> out again.
2: jumped up and ran out to 25 yards and stopped broadside he was looking back at his bed at the thing that had gone over the him, and I already had an arrow on and that time I didn't have time to think about it it up I just <laughs> let one rip and it, it caught him right behind the shoulder and that was all he he didn't go very far probably 100 yards and piled up
3: so I awesome. three, three shots at him but that's the <laughs> cool thing about a stick though
1: you, you do get more, I mean can empty that quiver and uh wish you
0: had more arrows because that animal's still standing there but yeah so that was kind of a fiasco but it was fun oh that's that's pretty cool though that's 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 awesome (laughs) it's a heck of a story no kidding man yeah
1: that's great yeah
0: well jake i guess one thing we really wanted to talk about uh you've got the super 10 with traditional equipment which is quite an accomplishment. Um, I guess just talk a little bit of, about that. What were some of your favorite hunts? What were some of your most challenging and I guess just touch on anything you want about that is so. sure uh, yeah. And I-
2: just, every one of them had their challenges, and and, uh, I mean, honestly, if I had to, if I had to pick one uh, animal that challenged me the most, uh, and that was just an elation, I guess, if that's a real word, uh, when I got it done, uh, my elk, I hunted elk uh, pretty hard when I was a kid with my dad, and we just uh, run into some bad luck, and. I always wanted to do with a bow, um, I a little bit with a muzzleloader, you know, the old cap, you know, uh, but I don't, I, I don't know much about muzzleloaders, but it, you know, it had the old cap, it could get wet. Yeah. Um, we had some snow get on a gun and not, you know, caps get wet, not go off and just could not kill an elk. I mean, it took me a long time. And, um, finally when I did, uh, It was uh, a backpack trip with a good friend of mine um, in Colorado. It was his spot. We went and hunted uh, uh, over the counter, just went, you know, two buddies uh, backpacked in and had a fun trip, had a um, arrow. I was gonna shoot the first one I could find. Uh, Had a cow Um, I shot dead center a limb that, the only limb I thought I could thread the needle and I didn't. I mean, I dead centered that limb. I mean, it, it stuck in it. Uh, just bad luck. I was pretty devastated. And on the last night of the hunt, um, we ended up hitting on a, uh, a big bull in his herd. And uh, my buddy called him in to about 25 yards. And I shot him right in dark. And he ended up being like, uh, we met. We,
0: I never had him officially scored, but my buddy scored him. He's like 369. He was oh, that's a stud bull. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, he's a monster for
1: Colorado. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. Over the counter. I mean, just the guy that I went with, he's been hunting there for like 20 years or maybe longer. And he goes, I'm, I don't think a bull that size has ever been shot out of here. Jeez. It, it just,
3: shoot rough. I mean, uh, love to have that guy with me. and. Uh, make a good shot and it, it was uh, one of those brutal pack- I mean it wasn't very far it was only uh, maybe a
2: mile, mile and a half but it was straight uphill and <laughs> he went and died in a pond and uh, I caped him out obviously to have him mounted and, and I didn't keep I, you know I was, I was still young and, and dumb or whatever and it was like midnight or 1 o'clock 2 o'clock in the morning by the time we got him uh, all the quarters hung up, so I threw his hip, his whole skull rack and wet hide on my back and and headed up the mountain. And it was, it was, I tell you what, brutal. I put the next, just to say how brutal it was. The next morning, I put a hind quarter, a front quarter, and a patched no two. I don't remember honestly. I put a lot of meat in my pack the next day, and it felt
3: awfully light. I mean it was oh, like easy pack yeah. compared to the other one. But yeah, that, that it, honestly
2: of all the ten, that was probably the one that I worked the hardest for. And it, it just came down and just to shoot a monster on public ground and over the counter. It was that was probably
1: my one of my highlights. Uh that sounds that sounds pretty special. I mean to yeah, like you said, to be able to do it with your with your buddy and backpacking and public ground over the, I mean, that's just like, that's like the hunt that everybody dreams about, you know? Like, that's just, that's awesome, man. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah so.
0: especially a bowl that big. Yeah, <laughs> holy cow. Well, I, I can tell you, I had a lot of residents pretty mad at me. I was that guy, <laughs> I was that guy that nobody likes, you know, the
3: non-resident that just got lucky. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I had a lot of residents pretty mad, but uh, I didn't care, I
2: had that, I. I yeah,
3: it's
0: yeah. absolutely yeah
2: as far as um you know uh, the other hunt that it probably challenged me the most uh, the second most challenging i would say is my goat hunt um it wasn't physically it wasn't it was i mean i'm not saying i'm not taking anything away from it, it wasn't not physically challenging um but it was um Pretty mentally challenging because it, it cost a lot of money, hmm. and it was the first, just and only hunt I had done of that caliber at the time. And uh, um, I just you know they had a you know wound loss policy, um, so I wanted to get close. And we got rained out. I spent oh I don't I think I spent two nights in a tent, uh, two nights day and a half I think uh, weathered in a tent and then uh, finally got and we got weathered in in town before we could fly out so I had I had lost like three days of my six or
1: seven day hunt um, I mean it was mid hunt by the time I actually got up on the alpine um, and where where was this at Jake uh that was in uh Alaska okay Nova, sorry Alaska. okay go ahead then oh yeah um so that, that helped
2: challenging just because of the, uh, and I'll be honest, I don't really like heights that much, I mean, I'm not too chicken, but, you know, I didn't really want to traverse a a straight up cliff or anything like that, I mean, I I just, you know, I'm a
1: father or whatever, I kind of worry about not coming home with my kids, I guess, (laughs) and uh,
2: I didn't really want to do that, and luckily I didn't really have to, Where we were hunting them. Um, there was some cliffy stuff, but we were kind of staying out of it, um, and we just uh, we got pretty lucky. We we
3: stalked one goat the day before, and I got to I actually got to twenty eight yards of that goat and uh, didn't take a
2: shot. Um, I wanted to get, I thought I could get closer, to be honest, and, and he busted me. But um, I wanted to get to twenty yards. My goal was the first few days. I was going to stick to a twenty yard. Minimum, uh, because I just didn't want any chance of a, a bad arrow. And then after that, I was gonna, you know, move it out to 25 or 30, whatever. But uh, uh, kind of booted that one up. And the next day, we spent
3: some time looking for some goats um, that we had seen the night before, and
2: uh, just ended up finding three goats up on a hill. Or, well. We were basically across, uh, were on one ridge, I guess, of this mountain range, and then it was, uh, kind of a drop, valley uh, with some chutes going down it, and then a, a valley, and then back up, and then it kind of curved around, and then it was a real steep, gnarly, nasty, um,
0: talks about how tough goats are too and that, i mean that's just yeah. textbook to what they are people shooting them you hear sometimes three four times before they go down and it's just crazy how yeah. tough them things are uh, what an awesome story though like you said just a whole different challenge in its own with the cost and everything you know maybe not you know hunt wise maybe challenging as some of your others but i mean just the fact that the money you put in there the time you spend going up i mean mentally. Like you said, takes its toll. Adds a whole challenge of its own. Yeah, it does. And, and I have a lot of guys
2: ask me about um, goat hunts, or you know, going on some of these expensive hunts. And, and I'm all for guys doing that. But um, some of the guys that are asking me really haven't even done a any. Um, you know, they've done some minor. You know, they've hunted like whitetails and stuff like that, and then uh, they'll, um, I don't even know if some of them have gone on any guided hunts, and I'm, I'm like, you gotta walk before you run. You know, I didn't just go, go hunting. I mean, I, I hunted the first, by the first, well, the first guided hunt I went on was the cheapest black bear hunt you could go on in Idaho. I didn't even see a black bear. Uh, <laughs> had a great time. The guide was awesome. We still talked. Uh, but just didn't have much luck Um, but you know you you work up and when there's money on the hunt it does i'm not gonna say it takes away from the hunt because you gotta just kind of let that go Um, and that's what I've got to the point where if i spend money on a hunt i'm just
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, put money into something. I always look at it as, you know, something you love to do. Yep. Just let the money part go. It's hard not to think about it. Yeah. I, I remember back to a, <clears throat>
1: whenever I think about spending money on hunts and not coming home with something, I always think about when I had a, when I was going to good old Shattering State College once upon a time and I had a macroeconomics class and I remember them talking about sunk cost which is essentially just like you just, you, when you pay something up front, it just, you you can't worry about it because it's just, it's gone. Like it just, yep. it is what it is. So you just as well just enjoy it. And, you know, so I don't know, I just, I, I can, I can, uh, I can relate, um, and, and and definitely see where you're coming from there with just, but the, you know, that being the mentally taxing side of that, Jake, and that's a, that's a good, good, uh, it's a good point And something that, uh, I don't know, I guess you don't, you, you wouldn't necessarily think about it until you were in that situation as much, so appreciate that. Yeah, yeah it's just something I've never really heard anybody talk about, and, and
2: uh, I, just like we were talking, I mean, I do all sorts of hunts, I do, um, you know, like the, the draw, you know, those, the Wyoming hunts, I drew those tags, one elk hunt was just a general tag, uh, which took me a couple points to draw as a non-resident, but still... You know, it's just a tag anybody can draw. Went right to public ground. You know, I did. You know, I do that kind of hunting. Uh, then I'll go like uh, a couple weeks ago. Me and Aaron were hunting in Texas. Um, you know, but, you know, buddy's. Uh, a, well, it's a friend of Aaron's, but now he's kind of a buddy of mine. Uh, great dude. You know, it's he's he runs an outfitting deal. Um, so I'll do stuff like that, and then these adventure hunts that cost some money, I mean, I, I like to hunt, and I like to hunt different species, and I, I just enjoy all of it, so, um, you know, it's, it's. Uh, I guess I don't even know where I was going with that, but I guess the, the moral of the story is, um, it can be, everything can be fun, no matter what, you get out of it what you put into it, so yep. if you, you work hard at something, and, you know, if I hadn't got that elk, I would have been disappointed, little bit because um i don't necessarily look at it as as a failure but i look at it as
3: i i need to do better to make it successful um and Mm -hmm. so you just work harder and you start
1: learning and figuring it out and um yeah it, it all it all kind of works itself out in the end definitely yeah no uh Geez, that's a lot, a lot of good stuff there, Jake, for sure. Um, well, you know, I I hate to take up too much of your time. Um, you know, really appreciate you um, coming on um, this evening. And, um, you know, Zach and I were just talking just a little bit ago about the the banquet. Are you going to be down at the banquet in March there? You know, I'm going to try. Uh,
0: what, what is the date on that? Uh, it's the... First weekend in March, I believe it's like the second and third or something yeah. like that. Whatever that first Friday in March is. That yeah, first. I knew, I knew it was. Uh, I knew it was somewhere right in there. The worst part is not worst part, but I've got a well, like I said, my wife's pregnant. And she's due to. Uh, she's due on February 27th. Oh, gonna be cutting it yeah, close man, then. Man. Yeah. <laughs>
2: speaker at a um, at a I think it's like uh, United Bowhunters of Illinois or something like that they're a um, group of mostly traditional guys I think Uh, but I got to be a keynote speaker at that um, and fly down there so if I can make it I definitely want to I I guess and I'm probably not going to be able to make it with the, the little one popping out so right right <laughs> at that point point that having to leave the next weekend but uh yeah and that banquet that banquet's awesome i enjoy it i can't believe it, it took me so long to get down there and, uh go to it i it's just being here on the <laughs> it's kind of funny being over here on the western end of the state we kind of don't even it's almost
1: like we're not the same state. <laughs> yeah. You I, way too sometimes. Under understood. So, all right. Yeah. 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 Understood. <laughs> Everything yeah. seems to go on over there. And I'll be honest with you: if I need to go to a big city, I don't go to Lincoln. I go to I go to Denver. So yeah. I'm sure. Or Rapid. Right. Half yeah. From here. So. Yeah. If I'm flying out or doing something, I go to Denver. But yeah, I, if I can make it, I sure as heck will. But uh, if not, you guys will have to party for me. <laughs> well that there's usually no problem with that typically. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but uh but anyhow, any other uh any other closing thoughts or anything, Jake, that you have for us or uh. I and mean, that that's a great point too, Jake, just to, um you know, I think it's really important, especially, you know, nowadays more than ever is, um, you know, I don't know, they, they talk about hunter recruitment and retention and et cetera, et cetera, and, you know, the changing landscapes of, you know, uh, uh, politics and whatnot, and so I just think it's really important that we just all, um, you know, we all stick together as you know bow hunters and just outdoorsmen in general, and so I think you know supporting each other's organizations and and the conservation efforts and everything that uh, that, that everybody does, um, I just think that's that's great and that's uh, that's an excellent point and um, yeah I think everybody should be a member of the Nebraska Traditional Bow Hunters. Yeah, so exactly, that's perfect. we're all doing it
0: for the same <laughs> cause. We all love it.
1: Yep. No. Dang right. I agree. So very good. Well thanks so much jake and uh just have a wonderful evening and thanks again for being on we really appreciate it yeah so.
0: jake thanks for coming on again no no problem man anytime you guys want to talk more hunting i'm all for it. So give me a shout and, and i appreciate you having me on all right. all right sounds great yep thanks jake
1: thanks man all right well that was uh that was a great conversation we had there with jake so um Really yeah. appreciate having him on, and um, man, just a lot of great uh, a lot of info great, and
0: stories. And yeah, exactly. A lot of a lot of good tips, stories. Yep. He's done a lot of cool things. and, yep. You know, you, you look at him and like some of the stuff he's killed, and he's killed a lot of stuff. I mean, more than more than a lot of the guys you see on like even like TV and stuff. It's yeah. Just like super humble guy. Yeah. Awesome to talk to. Definitely, but, definitely yeah. a cool guy. Um, yeah, I just
1: thought it was interesting too. He said two things that I thought were very interesting, um, just because we just talked about them. Number one was always, uh, another arrow. Yeah. Right? Keep shooting. Yep. Um, and then gosh, what was the other one? Um, it was something about something about the blood trailing thing that we had already talked about, but I don't know. Anyhow, it, but there was two things I remember thinking, I'm like, gosh, we just talked about that. And that's funny. Just reiteration right there. But, um, but anyhow, no, that was great. So, um. Hope to get him on again sometime. Oh, absolutely, we'll have to. Think have we him got, him again. I think we could have talked for probably four I, hours. I know. Probably. I looked
0: down and we'd yeah. been talking an hour. I'm just like, holy cow! We yeah, yeah.
1: Wrap up. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh boy. But anyhow, um, I'm sure
0: sure no one's going to complain about talking about hunting too long. Yeah, no, I think they'll be fine. But. Yeah. <laughs>
1: anyhow so um very good well um with that we will move on to our next segment the meet an nba member all right guys so for this week's meet an nba member we've got on craig schoenberg um, craig you want to just go ahead and give us a brief introduction and just tell us about yourself well um i'm
4: i'm retired uh, i think a lot a lot of people in the nba know who i am but I worked for the State Patrol for 39 years in communications division. Mm -hmm. I retired in 2011
0: and uh, live in Grand
4: Island, Uh, grew up around the Grand Island area, and uh, currently I'm out in Nevada right now visiting our daughter, but uh, I'm uh, married uh, to my wife, Darlene. We've been married uh, 49 years, coming up this
1: next week, uh, 10th of October. That's awesome. And, uh, Wait, you got married during hunting season, Craig? What's wrong with you? No. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I know. I, I realized that later. I actually got married.
3: It was uh, October tenth, nineteen seventy, and it was the first day of duck season. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, i that
4: has gone through my mind several times. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Should have, should have planned that a little bit better, but.
1: Well, you uh, know, so it goes. But.
4: Yeah, yeah. No. We've got, uh, one daughter, Jamie, um, she's a wildlife biologist, uh, out in Nevada, Mm
3: -hmm. uh,
4: her husband, Chris, uh, Jamie and Chris Jasmine, we've got two grandchildren, uh, Adam's 10 and Egan will be eight, the end of October, and they're all, uh, traditional bow hunters. Oh, wow. kids, uh, Chris has built both of them
3: bows, and, and, uh, when, when jamie first told me she was pregnant uh, but one of the first things i asked was can i uh, can i buy a bow you know yeah
4: so she, she kind of rolled her eyes
3: and uh, <laughs> but
4: before adam was born she had a uh, little kodiak and yeah and, uh, before egan was born he had a it's a little, like,
3: little six pound long bow so they have <laughs> had a bow in their hands since they were
1: old enough to hold on to them well that's that's awesome that's that's what they need so that's perfect yep yeah. Um, well, speaking of bow hunting, Craig, how long have you been bow hunting? Uh, this year,
4: 2019, will be 55 years. Wow. Uh, I had my first archery deer permit in 1966. Uh, I've been shooting a bow since, I think it was 1956. A family friend gave me a little Lemonwood longbow. And, yeah. And he, he was a target archer,
3: so he had a endless supply of, of Broken wooden arrows, so he'd cut them down and put a point back on them. So, mm-hmm. uh, so
4: I kind of uh, harassed our chickens and every other little critter running around our farmyard.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good for them, right? Kept them on their toes. Right, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Craig, did you have any mentors when you were starting out or anybody that you no, can point not, to? Not really, yeah. you
3: know, other than the, the family friend that gave me that bow uh-huh. and. As I as I remember, you know, he gave me the bow and a handful of arrows, you know, and I think showed me
4: how to how to knock an arrow and shoot it, and you know that was that was about it. So there was a wow. lot of uh, there were no family members that uh, bow
3: hunted or knew uh-huh. anything
4: about it. So it was kind of a, a
1: trial and error. Yeah, I was just a gonna say of, a lot a of lot trial and error there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy, that's that's incredible. That's that's very. I mean, that's difficult because. You know, I mean, I guess, kind of, probably in that area, there wasn't a lot of people bow hunting to begin with, I suppose, and so you probably no, kind of, you know, not not a yeah. lot of them. And and
4: uh, you know, when when I got a little bit older, you know, there there's no videos like, yeah, you know, like's available today. Sure.
3: Uh, but I, I would, you know, every magazine article that
4: had you know a story about Fred Bear or you know bow hunting, and 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 there were some, you know, the. Uh, Know, archery and and uh tam the archers magazine uh there, there were a few you know magazines uh that you know i'd get my hands on and I, i'd read everything i could about it and, and uh like like I say
3: everything was pretty much trial and error so yeah
1: well that's uh that's impressive i just and uh, that's an interesting perspective to to hear you know i've done several of these um you know, the meet an NBA member. And um, it's just interesting to hear you say that, you know, you didn't really have any because there, there wasn't really a ton back then. Right. So anyways, Great. but yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, very good. Well, um, Craig, what's uh, what's your favorite bow hunting memory, if you can kind of point to one or that you can well, think yeah, of? Yeah, there have been
4: the years but uh, i'd say probably my favorite is, is three years ago when uh, I, I drew that uh, mule deer buck tag out here in nevada
3: after mm-hmm.
4: applying for 10 years and and uh well kind of cool about it uh, jamie had a, a bull elk tag and the seasons overlapped and were from the for the same area and uh so got got to spend some time with her uh while she was elk hunting and
3: i got uh Chase a few mule deer around. Yeah, uh, didn't yeah. Uh, didn't harm any mule deer while we <laughs> were on that
4: hunt. But uh, she she ended up arrowing a uh, a tremendous oh, uh, yeah bull. and think it did, scored over three eighty, and and uh, the G three. There's probably. 12 15 inches broken off of it and it still scored that much but
1: yeah that was an uh, incredible animal but our,
4: our grandson uh egan was was with us he was four at the time
3: mm-hmm.
4: and uh they're almost five but uh he uh jamie i was in camp with him when when jamie shot the bull but she came back and I said, what are you doing back for early? And she says I shot one. And I said, "Oh, you did." You
3: know? I said, "How big?" And she says, "The big one splits." They named this bull Splits. Uh-huh.
4: And uh, so anyhow, we we uh, got back over there, and, and uh, I said, well, "Do we need to track it?" She said, "Oh no," she's only went about forty yards. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh. And, uh,
4: but, <laughs> but then, but then she goes to tell me that she. Uh, she had three mountain lions come in about 30 minutes before the bull did they were within probably less than 15 yards from the blind and, and uh didn't figure anything was going to come in and then the bull showed up and and uh so we got back out there and got it all taken apart luckily my son-in-law she got a got a hold of him through a fire crew mm-hmm. uh, he had to work and they got word back to him that jamie had a bull down and and uh, luckily there weren't any uh, troopers on the interstate <laughs> cause he made a pretty pretty fast trip out to where we were hunting and, <laughs> and uh, anyhow we got it got it taken care of and got it back home but uh it, it was kind of cool watching Egan. and he was he was right there in the midst of it while we were doing it
1: so yeah. i wouldn't
4: wouldn't trade those memories
1: for for anything so. yeah no that's that what a spectacular memory i mean that's I mean, just the fact that the bull is just gigantic, but just to be able to share it with your daughter and your grandson. I mean, just like, yeah, just, I mean, that's just awesome. So, very cool. But, um, Craig, what's your favorite animal to to bow hunt and why?
4: Well, I, you know, I I guess you'd think probably white tail or turkeys since that's, excuse me, just about, you know, what what I hunt mostly, but, uh, uh-huh. uh I, I'd, I'd say javelin. I, I got to hunt them for, for several years. Uh, a good friend and I friend worked for the state patrol. We'd, we'd head down to Southwest Texas, uh, in yeah. January or February. We drive 23 hours straight. Straight down there, and and uh, after hunting five days, you know, drive twenty three hours straight, oh, straight man. back. But uh, yeah. we had a lot of really cool, havelean uh, hunts, and it, it was on public ground, which you know there's not all that much public ground down there in Texas. It was uh, Black Gap Wildlife Management Area, and mm-hmm. right down just on the northern, I think northeast border of Big Bend National Park. Okay, and. Probably the, the the most rugged country I've I've ever hunted in. Every, everything everything either bit or had had cactus spines on it. I think I have still got <laughs> cactus spines embedded in my legs from that yeah. from that area. But but yeah, we we had some some really really good hunts down there, and
3: it, and it was all spot and stock and not like
4: you know a lot of the hunting areas you know down there in Texas where everything is baited and and uh, this was you know once you found them then, then you had to
1: go after them and, and uh, a lot of, a lot of good memories on that so yeah awesome no that's that's interesting that's uh something that I've never had the chance to to go chase but that sounds pretty cool so yeah it,
4: it is I keep thinking I'd, I'd like to like to find some places, this, this Black Gap. Uh, I, I think they shut the javelina hunting down hmm. um, several years ago because of, <laughs> the, the locals would say, you know, people would come in there, you know, and they, they'd end up, you know with rifles and uh herd of havevelina running away you know and they'd sit there and shoot four or five six of them
3: and and leave them lay Oh, and, uh, and, lay. and oh, that, that was that was the other thing when we were hunting down there it was
4: deer season uh at, at that time and, and we got checked by the by the same game warden like like three years in a
3: row oh, really you know and, and he he'd come into camp you know and and well
4: the, the first time we met him my my friend got bit by javelina and so he had to come and investigate that but then he comes and checks our hunting licenses. well where are your deer licenses i said so we're not hunting deer we're you know hunting javelina don't tell me you drove you know 1200 miles you know just not javelina <laughs> you know, yeah we, we did you know and, and then the next year he'd come back and check our camp and it'd be the same thing. where are your deer permits you know and, and i mean he would go through everything every piece of luggage and cooler and everything he swore that we had uh we're hunting deer too but Mm -hmm. um, but i guess down there a lot of locals you know we had luck you actually eat them
3: you know yeah we we hunt them we're gonna eat what we
1: what we shoot so sure yeah wow no that's that's pretty cool very cool um kind of along those similar lines um to your favorite animal what's what's one animal that uh that you always wanted to hunt, but maybe you haven't yet, or or something along those lines, Craig. Well, uh, I, I I'd almost say you know there are two. I I my my dream hunt was always uh you know Alaskan
4: moose and caribou hunt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at age age seventy one, I I think the moose hunting is probably kind of out of the picture now. But... Uh, haven't totally given up on on a caribou I, uh, a couple a couple friends and i have talked about you know and i think we
3: still might be able to pull off a caribou so yeah we'll we'll see
1: what happens awesome awesome what about caribou sparks your interest i i don't know
4: just uh, i i think they're one of the you know
3: the prettiest animals out yeah, there they and are just like say, they're all you know reading all
4: all the stories about caribou hunting and moose hunting and and, uh they just they've got some really unique antlers
1: yeah they do some someday maybe awesome well i hope you i hope you get up there and get are able to do that that'd be cool so yeah um do you have a do you have a bow hunting role model or somebody that you kind of look up to craig
3: that uh, over the years there have been been so many, you know, sure. all of the you know, Fred
4: Bear, you know, always reading about Fred Bear and, and uh, I, I guess being involved with the NBA I've you know had the honor and privilege to meet meet a lot of, you know, greats in our sport. But uh, you know, Dick Mock is one.
3: Uh yeah. Glenn St
0: Charles, I, I've yeah. been very, very fortunate over the years. I, I got to spend a
4: lot of time with Glenn. We would um Go up to uh, Darlene had a sister up in Olympia, Washington, and mm-hmm. so when we go to visit her, I'd I'd give Glenn a call and go up there and spend you know the whole whole day
3: and half the night up there visiting with <laughs> him. And, yeah. and uh, he, he he was just such a cool guy. But uh, but there's there's there's
4: just so many of them. Uh, you know Monty Browning is uh, just just such an awesome guy. MR James and and then. Now, like I have to think about you know so many NBA members and, and now the Compton the members that I've um, been in contact with. You know, it just, it, it's just
1: hard to you know come up with one role model there. There's so many sure. great people out there. No, that's that's a great list. I mean, I, it doesn't get much doesn't get much better than that. I, I don't think so. One of the. Yeah one
4: of our Compton members uh, PBS member uh, Brian Burkhart I don't know if anybody uh, is is familiar with him but he's uh, a retired GM Motors executive he and Monty have hunted together quite a bit up in Alaska but uh, he and Jim Eckhoff just just got back from uh, they deemed at the the
0: 59 um Little Delta Tribute Hunt. Oh really? Uh, and and uh, collected, you know, all this
4: original equipment, and they went up there moose hunting, and, and Brian shot a, a tremendous moose with a fifty nine Kodiak. And, oh wow! And, and guys from, you know, the traditional bow hunting community, you know, the, Wade Phillips uh, gave them a bunch of uh, nineteen fifty seven
3: broadhead bear razor heads that, that were <laughs> appropriate time appropriate sure. for that hunt. Yeah. And I gave uh, Brian
4: my Fred Bear tuxedo jacket, even though it, you know, wasn't time period correct. But uh, but it, it's still the the jacket that you know everybody associates with, with Fred Bear.
3: Yeah. And
4: uh, anyhow, he was wearing my jacket when he shot his
1: moose. And, wow, and, that's uh, pretty so cool. That, that's pretty cool. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure I've listened to that Brian um, and. and- on the Stickbow chronicles podcast. I think yeah, him, and, him yeah. and Monty were on there for a couple of episodes. So they were pretty yeah. entertaining. So, yeah, <laughs> or maybe they, 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 yeah. they just came out with the one on the, the tribute hunt. So it, it, oh the really? I'll have to, to I'll have to listen song. to that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, um, Craig, how long have you been an NBA member? Uh, well, actually I, I, I attended the first NBA banquet. Yep.
4: Um, uh, I, read in the paper where there was a you know bow hunting group um, meeting in in Kearney. and uh, so i went down there to see what it, what it was all about and and uh, ran
3: into mac and shirley forbus uh, mm-hmm. known for for several years and and uh, anyhow they said well
4: why, why don't you stay you know come to the banquet with us get a ticket and set at our table and and um uh, and I and I did and I really enjoyed it and the following year I, I joined the NBA and awesome. I think <laughs> excuse me, I've only I've only missed one banquet, uh, and I think it was two thousand thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh our Compton Traditional Bow Hunters held our first uh uh big game classic in blue springs missouri and, and since i was on the board of directors it was kind
3: of imperative that i'd sure. be there and unfortunately yeah. it was the same weekend so gotcha. so i've been there for
1: been there for a long time I'm, I'm now a life member of the nba so yeah awesome no it's uh that's great it's i mean it wouldn't be where it is today without uh people like you craig for sure so mm-hmm. I definitely appreciate you so um, what, uh, what's, do you have any, this is kind of a, maybe a hard or a loaded question, but what's your favorite NBA member or not member, excuse me, NBA memory. <laughs>
3: NBA memory. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like i say there,
4: there, there's been a, an awful lot of
3: those. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I, I guess one of them that, that comes to mind
4: was, uh, a few years back, uh, Doug, uh, Doug Wagner, uh, I think that's Heather Hale's Mm -hmm. brother-in-law,
0: attended the banquet. Doug um, was in the military and uh, had had served several tours in Iraq and Afghanistan and all around that part of the country. And and, uh, and I
4: had... had started the jerky from the troops project and, and i had sent him a bunch of jerky mm-hmm. and he, he was at the banquet and, and i asked him i said hey would you mind you know at the beginning of the banquet getting up and and uh, you know talking to the, the the group about your uh you know the jer- getting the jerky over there and what it meant so you know i'd be, be happy to do that and so then i went Talk to Joel and said, Hey, would you uh, would you mind if uh, you know, introduce Doug, have him come up here? And, and he said, Yeah, that's no problem. So, uh, just one of the very first things of the starting of the banquet, Joel introduced him, you know, and he said, I want to, you know, have uh, Kim Rivers colonel i i think i, I told doug or uh, joel that uh, I, said, I think he's a major well he, he was uh, a lieutenant colonel but nope. anyhow joel <laughs> introduced him you know and instantly that entire
1: room of 600 plus bow hunters was on their feet you know and gave him a, a standing ovation i think mm-hmm. it kind of embarrassed doug a little bit but it was just really cool to see that definitely no that's I think I was there. I'm pretty sure I remember that too. But that was pretty special. So yeah, yeah, it was definitely. So. Um, Craig, how would you say the NBA has influenced you? Um,
4: well, I, I guess above all, it, it's given me the opportunity to, you know, meet and get to know, you know, uh, several of the greats in our sports. hall are. <laughs> excuse me, uh, all of our uh, uh, guest speakers, you know, I've mm-hmm. been involved with, with the NBA, I've, I've had to, you know, work work with them, so I, I, I got to visit with them, you know, probably more than, you know, more than a lot of the, the members did at the banquets, and, and you uh, know, and, and I always have, have thought, you know, if, if I hadn't been involved on, on the board, uh, I, I'd I would never had the nerve to, you know, walk up to any of them and, and talk to them. You know, I'd listen to them speak, but you know, I just. Uh, and, and same goes for, you know, a lot of the NBA members. You know, yeah, I'd probably be high, and you know that that's about it. But uh, uh, being involved, it 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 pretty much forced me to come out of my shell. So yeah, um, I've never regretted doing everything I've done
3: been involved
1: with in the NBA. Cool. No, that's, that's a great point. I think, you know, especially being in a, you know, all the different roles that you've held, Craig, and just, um, you know, I've had a chance to meet a lot of good people. And I think the NBA kind of, no matter what role you're in, I think it kind of, you know, forces, forces people to, to get together and talk and, and, uh, you know, just share a common bond and just, um, yeah just have a good time together and 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 be able to just talk about things and and promote bow hunting and all that stuff so um yeah Yeah, let's made a lot of good good friendships over the years definitely yeah for sure yeah i guess that's how we became friends we wouldn't if it weren't for the nba i wouldn't even know who you are so there you go that's true
3: i can remember you when you were
1: not very darn no, no, yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure. <laughs> um, Craig, tell us two interesting facts about yourself that's uh, that are not related to bow hunting.
4: Well, I'm not sure there's anything interesting
3: about
4: me, <laughs> but uh, as I mentioned earlier, I I retired eight years ago from uh, the Nebraska State Patrol Communications Division after working there for 39 years. Um hmm but then, uh, on the other hand, it seems like you know. If I think about that, I think pretty much everything in my life has revolved around you know family and bow hunting, and that, that's about about it. I guess I have a few other interests, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, but again, I handled the membership for the NBA for twenty three or twenty four years, and uh, then I retired, and. Got it turned over to Heather Hale, mm-hmm. and then I went from the frying pan into the
3: fire because um, I started doing the membership for Compton Traditional Bow Hunters, <laughs> and shortly after that, I was appointed to the board to fill a vacancy. Yeah, and uh, and and now I'm on
4: my uh, second term with. Compton traditional bow hunters and I, I handle their membership and we're we're up, to, you know, close to two thousand members. Yeah, uh,
3: excellent. That's uh, awesome. Every
4: every state and just about every Canadian province and about
3: thirteen or fourteen countries. From wow. Europe and Australia and
4: all over the place. So
3: yeah. So I've kind of, uh, uh, kind of been totally involved with
4: that and and, and the nice thing is, is uh, yeah. Get to go to several several events to uh, represent Compton at shoots and different events around the country. Yeah, I guess the, the other thing would be uh, you know my wife and I like to travel. Um, mo- most of the traveling's back and forth uh,
3: to Nevada to uh, be out here with the kids and grandkids. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we bought a new uh Toyota forerunner in
1: 2014 March 2014 and got a little put a little over 140,000 miles. On yeah. So, Seen the road a so few times uh, so a <laughs> lot, lot, of, lot lot of road time and, yeah. and got to see a lot of neat parts of the country. So. Cool. Um just a couple more questions Craig uh what advice um would you have for our up and coming bow hunting generation?
4: Join your uh, local, state, and national bow hunting organizations, and, uh, and like I say, your memberships—you know—mean a lot. Just memberships themselves, but uh, getting invo- get involved with the organizations uh, in any way you can uh, it helps out the organization, and and you'll you'll get more out of it than, than you get than you put in. So, yeah. uh, and then also just just get out and hunt. Uh, if there's something you really want to hunt plan for it and put some money back so you can can do it and do it while you're still young and able and, uh, and enjoy your time in the field and, and foremost remember that it's not all about the
1: kill out yeah. there just go out and have fun definitely it's good good advice um, any other things that you want to share with the NBA um, about yourself or any other closing thoughts that you have anything else Craig
4: enjoyed my involvement with the NBA
3: and, and hope still hope to do that for several years down the road. Yeah. But uh, the
4: the one thing I I, I really appreciate uh, the organization's continued
3: support of, of the Turkey for the Troops program. Oh, definitely. Uh, for for those you know that aren't really familiar
4: with the program, I started it. Back in 2009, yeah. uh, on behalf of the NBA, and had uh, venisons donated, and and uh, Sergeant Pack uh, processes it into jerky, and uh, it's then boxed up and shipped to deployed
3: military members uh, all around the world. Yeah, mainly in in the areas where there's uh, combat zones. Uh, so far, I've since, since 2009, I've shipped about. Little over seventy four hundred pounds of wow. of jerky to to our soldiers, and, and it's been a really cool program. And I,
4: I, I do it uh, number one, you know, I, I guess because it's the right thing to do, and uh, and then the, the the other good thing about it, it it puts a good light on the Nebraska bow hunters. Association as an organization and yep. and bow hunters and bow hunting in general. I I just uh, uh, when, when I first started just quickly I, uh,
3: I I wasn't really sure how I was going to you know be funded and mm-hmm. uh, and I was talking to Robin Conrad the Traditional Bowhunter Magazine because she
4: had had access to some military members' names that I wanted to send jerky to and, mm-hmm. and I said Robin I said I really don't know how you know, I'm going to fund this. And she says, Craig, she said, it, it's the right thing to do, just do it. You know, the funding will take care of itself. Yeah. And uh, the Grand Island School System has kind of adopted the program and, and they hold fundraisers every year. Dennis uh, Moreland up up in uh, Fremont is an attorney up there and a knife maker. He's um, made a knife, custom knife the last seven years and we've raffled that off and that money goes to processing and and shipping
1: so Mm -hmm. but but the nba's you know played a big part in that too so i appreciate their support definitely no and our hats off to you craig i mean that's just been a, a fantastic you know program that you put together and just a very selfless thing to do and and we just you know obviously everybody just really appreciates everything that you do for that so thank you so much so yeah but um very good well anything else craig or other thoughts no that that should do it i probably wasted enough of your time (laughs) (laughs) no no i i sure appreciate you coming on um all right well that's uh, that's a wrap for the median n b a member segment um thanks again to Craig for being on doing that but uh yeah, I think that's pretty much it any any other closing thoughts
0: or anything Zach any comments no. anything i I don't think so yeah no I guess good episode I one think, thing <laughs> we always say is if you have any suggestions, no. feel free yes. to email us or if you've got our numbers, send us a text. I yep. Mean, love to hear any suggestions for this. Anything.
1: Yeah, and and please, 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 um, you know, and I'm going to be harassing some of you here soon, so um, I guess don't worry about it. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to get some more people recorded for – I've been uh, – so the past couple ones I've been recording the Meet an NBA member segments and the Trophy Wall segments too. So I'm going to get uh, get some – I have some others in mind here pretty quick that I'm um, going to – gonna do a few of those segments so i think that it'll be good but so if i if i shoot you a text or a facebook message don't ignore it please (laughs) we
0: need need all
1: the members we can get we yeah want to get to know you definitely no any anybody and everybody and if you guys have any ideas of people that'd be good to to have on the podcast is just like our main speaker guy um obviously we're just kind of rolling with things as best we can so um but yeah I think that's pretty much it. Yeah,
0: so I think that's about it.
1: But uh so yeah, with that being said, uh, this is Kyle
0: Klommer And this is Zach Welch. And this is The Good Life Bow Hunter, the official podcast of the Nebraska Bow Hunters Association. Thanks guys. Uh good luck hunting and we'll chat with you soon.